podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast, ahead of game week three of the 2022-2023 season. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. Coming up, we will discuss our sizzling South Coast stalemate on Saturday and preview the upcoming top of the table clash with them from London. It was stalemate, wasn't it? Yeah, it left a stale taste. Wouldn't have happened under Bielsa. We never threw away a two-goal lead. Well, we threw away a three-goal lead against Cardiff, but pretty certain every time we went 2-0 up under Bielsa, we won. That is that is insane. That You you can't twist that. Yeah, except for the three-goal one where we were even better. He's twisting the knife. That's what he's twisting. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what I thought at the time, so I'll say it, because this isn't often my my stance. Definitely two points drops. Yeah. Definitely. There's no dispute yeah. in that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. you don't need to spend too long evaluating it, Jesse. And I'm afraid then, Jesse, it's entirely on you for Saturday because you told us in advance that due to the weather conditions, your experience meant that you're gonna make substitutions. And we all sat there going, Yeah, we're looking a little bit tired after our Gagan pressing. And uh, we've been Gagan pressing all afternoon. And uh, then it got to the uh, drinks break and Southampton did something unusual and made substitutions and changed their tactics to chase a game in insane heat. And uh, lo and behold, it cost us. Anyone got any more in-depth analysis about how we were robbed or did we rob ourselves by a lack of nous? Well, my stream didn't work, so um, it's hard for me to say. I've only seen the half-hour highlights, um, although I saw the last 20 minutes. So I actually finally managed to get something working during the drinks break, would you believe? So all I saw was us getting absolutely pummeled. So yeah, what can I say? It was, I mean, yeah, from that point, you could tell something wasn't working and it's just so surprising that he didn't sort it out or change it. Like you say, hero last week and yeah, sorry, Jesse, this one's on you. I agree. I think that is the most disappointing thing is because he got it so right the week before that the changes felt obvious. They, they looked very obvious that they needed to be made. The only thing, because I will always try and give everyone the benefit of the doubt, is that he might have thought, oh, well, do you know what? Um, maybe them getting a bit more time improves their fitness overall for the season. And probably didn't, you know, maybe naively thought that Southampton weren't going to come back into it, but obviously they did. I think Phil Hay tweeted uh, Southampton were at boiling point and that Leeds needed to stop them that was when it was 2-0 oh, when we were 2-0 up and oh man he was so right it was annoying as soon as he tweeted it I thought Phil Hay is is often right so here we go I think it was it was unfortunate the way it panned out but just in that interview last week where I think it was the Angus interview where he said that they were um why wasn't he more pragmatic in the Calaway game where uh and he said, it's because I knew we were going to score six. Well, and they laughed about it, but that's ridiculous. And we didn't respond quick enough. But I'll be being, being pragmatic for Jesse. This is the second game of the season. It's the time to make these kind of mistakes, the time to learn. And if he does learn from it and doesn't do it again, then realistically, an away point 
against a team that you're going to be in and amongst isn't the worst result in the world that you'll be able to look back at the end of the season. It's just, you've it's how you respond. And unfortunately, Sunday might not be, it's not the optimal fixture in which to put some of those things right, potentially. But there we go. What about the positives from Saturday then? Because the negatives write themselves. What impressed you? Um, was it the fact that you didn't get to see any of it? Well, like <laughs> From the extended highlights, what, what stood out? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say, sadly. But um, we're still unbeaten. Jesse's Invincibles go marching on. What else? I don't know. Um, James, you tell me. Bloody hell, Rocco. No optimism there whatsoever. Um, My issue with Rocco, as you know, is that he's got a vendetta against Rodrigo. He's not coming out now going, is the Premier League's top goal scorer, Rocco? Come on, give him give him some big ups. It's funny because the, literally the, the first thing I saw, I, like, I saw like about 30 seconds of the first half and all I saw was the ball rolling under Rodrigo's foot and failing to control a really simple pass in field. And I think I did, I did see on the highlights he's lost possession a couple of times as well. The second goal I'm not having at all. I've freeze-framed that to try and make sure that it was uh, Stroik's goal, but I can't prove it. So I guess it was his goal, but it barely counts, does it? It's absolutely insane that you need to spend that much time picking apart someone who's doing wonders <laughs> for our club at the moment. That's the... Uh... Rocker, you could have a job in uh, Stotley Park just watching <laughs> denying Brendan denying Brendan Aronson his goal last week. Well, yeah. to be fair, I saw him uh, watched it in real time, and I thought that he had completely unnecessarily touched that second goal because there's no way he could have known that he was onside. And I mean, it's an instinct, isn't it? So you can't stop yourself. But we're going in. So definitely going to be offside this. I didn't celebrate it because I just thought he was offside. I was like, oh, yeah. well, that... so Rodrigo ruined the moment for me, basically. <laughs> His first finish was good there, wasn't it? I'll give him that. That was a beautiful flick. Hey. Great cross, though. To be honest, yeah, I would say that it was all about the cross because Harrison put it on a plate. He didn't really have to do anything apart from connect, but connect he did and a lovely finish. But a similar one in the first half went to uh, Bamford. It was a ball in from the left, very similar position to Rodrigo, and I think he just blasted it into the stand. So, yeah, um, second season syndrome. I, <laughs> Paul, I do have some optimism for you. Please share. Dan James back from suspension, straight into the striker position. Eat some of those apples. <laughs> we, we don't. We don't need any new strikers. Bow down, back off, all you Leeds fans. <laughs> Got Dan James, haven't we? I thought Dan James made an impact straight away when he came on. Yeah, he lively. Did. He, he did. I like I like Dan James. I still think we're yet to get the best out of him, but that's because we keep playing him up front. Like, why are we playing him up front? <laughs> I know there's no other option, but it's like, just sign a striker. Like, it's obvious now, isn't it? I think that's the one thing that came out of it is that it made it very, very clear that we cannot repeat the mistakes of last season. I've had a complete U-turn on the striker thing, whereas before I've always sort of given them the benefit of the doubt that it's quite hard to sign a striker that's good enough for the Premier League. But now I think like even Che Adams, I won't mind him just so that we're like in the, in the event that there's no Bamford and Joffe, we have an actual striker to play there, you know, however good or bad he is, um, you know, I'd probably rather sign someone like him than like someone up and coming that's basically going to demand game time. So yeah, I think the options are pretty wide. We just need someone who can actually play there. I think at the moment, off on a slight tangent from that, 
trying to find some more optimism. Oh, for, I'm, I thought this last week, I forgot to say it because it was after being at Ellen Road. Harrison and Aronson, when said in Yorkshire, sound exactly the same. <laughs> so uh, it, you couldn't discern between the two. But equally, I think both of them are relatively unplayable at the moment. I think Aronson is going to be some player. He's He finds pockets of space where he picks it up and drives at people. That's just what we've wanted. So if you combine that with Rodrigo's goals, we must have one of the most potent uh, attacking sides in the league at the moment. Well, yeah, I would say it, I, what you're getting at, Paul, is a bit like the Pablo and Kiko chant we could have the Harrison yeah. and Brendan Aronson <laughs> chant blend into one I'm with what you said Rocco though about like I don't you don't want to be really negative about it because at the end of the day it was we got a point in Southampton which is better than we achieved last year but there was there were times where Rodrigo like if he hadn't scored his goals he, he you would have been so annoyed with him in that game because there were so many easy things that he fluffed there's even one moment in the first half where the ball came to him and Harrison had overlapped and all he needed to do was hook it over his shoulder as the ball was bouncing and, and we were basically in, but he just lost the ball and then they broke and they were in a really da- dangerous place. So it's, yeah, fr- frustrating. I think it was their new player had a crazy shot on goal and almost scored. But if we're, mm. if we're realistic about it, that's why he plays for Leeds and not for, well, I wouldn't say Manchester United because it massively improved them, but um, not for one of the top teams. But like, I listened to a really yeah. good interview well, read the interview with Patrick Bamford and his mate in The Athletic the other day, and that's what he says. In the Premier League, you have to be great at everything and have at least one outstanding attribute, and they're all playing at that high level. But if you have several outstanding attributes or more than one, then you end up at one of those, and we're not there at the moment, top-tier clubs. And that's why Rodrigo's... If he gets the form that you want and all of those chances and all of those touches work, then he'll be gone. I know he's more at the end of his... we, We bought him... He wasn't the mould of, let's get someone who's up and coming and when they start to tick those outstanding boxes, we'll have made a massive profit to sell on so we can use that money to reinvest. But that's why Rodrigo is at Leeds United at the moment. And he's going to, as long as he's getting goals for us, he's going to still do that other stuff. And if if he doesn't do that other stuff and gets a ton of goals, he'll be gone. So It's a really good point. um, And I do agree with that. I think that is also the frustration though, isn't it? Is that we've broken the policy to sign someone who can be sort of trusted and deliver because he's a more senior player and more often than not he hasn't but anyway I don't, I don't want to be negative because he is playing well he's scored his top goal scorer in the Premier League so just need to get behind him really don't we and the point that you made about it being a point compared to nothing last season and it was a performance as well if you if people can take away from the majority of the performance so much last year down there it was it was dire and I don't think they've particularly progressed that counters my point really doesn't it they've probably got worse so uh, that means that it, it wasn't that huge of a good thing but um I, I think they've stood still is what i'm trying to say i think they're and and if you stand still in this league people will progress around you and that's why i think southampton are in trouble this year and potentially wolves we, we might have just played the two worst teams in the division for all we know that's what we that's the tough bit but we've got three points more from the corresponding fixtures than we did last season and therefore all's good anyways there you go anything else on the Southampton game that anyone would like to contribute before we move on to next weekend yeah I'd like to question our defence what I've noticed in these two games is how many times midfielders saunter into our box unmarked it's happened two or three times in each game 
Um, so I don't know if it's the midfield or the narrow system. I don't know. Like the that first goal strike was obviously right in the middle of the pitch and the last line of defence when he's supposed to be the left back. So I don't know if we're just getting dragged around or whether someone's not tracking, but... Yeah, I think we look dodgy at the back. And like you say, the, you know, we've not played two very potent teams. So, yeah, sorry to continue the for negativity. The last, for the last goal, I think we switched to five at the back and strike and, mm. and Harrison was the, the wing back. So I think if they're going to do that, communication needs to be better because Harrison wasn't, Harrison was had given a lot in that game and therefore ended up maybe not having as much to offer in that moment as, as he was required to give, unfortunately. And uh, our our mate Diego Lolo Rente was. Uh, I saw the replay and I thought, yeah, he's got to get a red card here. But because, <laughs> uh, but fortunately, there, there was a big discussion about this. But if it was given as a red card, I would still like to have seen that overturned because I believe he played the ball. But it's it ultimately it's subjective, and uh, we can file that under. You've seen him given. Digital Wilson tried it out as a lord in it as a tackle of the century. So you'd definitely expect it to give in against us, wouldn't you? It's the type of thing that, you know, he'd get a red card and we'd all be fuming after the game. Um so like, I, I count it as like a really lucky escape, but just because we're leads and the haters. Great tackle. Well, I'll tell you what we need to what we need to say for that game. Uh, who's your MVP? Oh God. Rodrigo. Two goals. Yeah. Good lad. James, did anyone else impress you? It wasn't Rasmus Christensen. <laughs> I mean, right now, uh, this might seem harsh, but I'm really looking forward to Luke Ayling coming back. <laughs> I just, I, there's, like, again, I'm sounding very neggy this week, and I don't mean to, but um, he just, he's just, there's moments where he just looks shaky, where there's easy things for him to win, and he's, he's not won them. And hopefully, it's just a confidence getting into the Premier League. Confidence that's obviously helped by people on podcasts slagging him off. Yeah, and, and and I want him to play the best he possibly can, but I'll be glad when Luke's back as well, just in case. Your MVP is Luke Ayling. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? Well, I think to differentiate from Rodrigo, I'll go with Brendan Aronson again, just because I enjoy watching him play and the contributions that he can make, and I think he's, I think he did have an, another solid game to back it up, and hopefully they. Uh, the assists and the goals are going to start flowing. Hopefully this weekend against Chelsea. That'd be nice. Oh, I'd like him to score. That'd be lovely. So this weekend, uh, our game week three fixture, uh, Chelsea at home. Our head-to-head record is really tight. We've won 39, drawn 30 and lost 37. Uh, Chelsea this weekend, they've got, the, they've got the same amount of points as us, but they are behind us on gold scored at the moment. And um, they also drew from a winning position twice, throwing away a lead. Um, in controversial fashion, which led to their manager being suspended for the game. Um, I, I was watching it, was. it along. It was fantastic. Lovely stuff. We lost 3-2 in December to them, and it was rubbish. And in May, we lost 3-0, and it was even worse for different reasons. Yeah. There you go. The opposition forums, they're already talking about it. Um, they said, one of their guys said, I'm still gnashing my teeth, and I plan to hold on to my anger for dirty leads. So uh, it's got to be one of them games, isn't it? 
be interesting to see how we do uh, this time around with the uh, with the Jesse tactics against Chelsea with his proper team. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I really hope we just give him a good game. Um, you know, obviously in first season we did well against the the top six, but obviously last season was pretty catastrophic. So yeah, I just want to at least be in the game and let's you know even a draw would be lovely. Um, you know, just give him give him a real good scare or something. You know, just give him a good game. <laughs> I thought Reese James in the Spurs game was like ridiculous. He had such a good game, um, but I do fancy strike up against him this this uh, weekend. I think strikes probably like a good player who's quick and strong against him on the left hand side. Whereas if Furpo was there, well, we'd have our worries anyway, wouldn't we? But I'll I'll enjoy that battle this weekend. I think. Well, getting into predictions then, uh, ahead of the season, we've all put in our predictions. This is the first one that we all agree on. We have resoundingly said that we don't expect anything from this week, which is uh, very sad. So let's hope this time next week we're all wrong. Rocker, predict- you've said 4-1 You've said four one to Chelsea, Rocker. Yeah, I was just going to ask what the... I was int- intrigued to see what the scores would be. Um, yeah, I... Um, I'm, I'm worried about our defence, uh, or I was at the start of the season and still am. Um, but Chelsea, to be fair, they don't. I mean, they scored two on Sunday, but they don't really have a goal scorer, do they? Oh, they've got Sterling now. Oh, come off it. Give it up. <laughs> give, give it up. Anyway, we weren't all wrong this weekend. I was right. Would you? Well done, Paul. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Would you like a game? Yes. yes. The answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let's play your players right. concept here is I will say a player I'll tell you how many appearances they made or making for Leeds United so far and I would like you to tell you tell me whether or not the next person has made higher or lower so I'll start you out with a Terry Phelan with 14 appearances 14 yeah okay next one Torre Andre Flo higher or lower than Terry Phelan last seven Mm, uh, I'll say 11 less 11 it, w- it was more ah uh. oh, we had two spells I completely forgot about the championship I was dominated by League One because of my fantastic new book that's coming out 23 appearances would you believe it evidently not but you're gonna have to <laughs> so Michael Jubry more or less than Flo probably had more appearances in court didn't he Rocky, yeah, you've, it clear. you've yeah, covered had, that in uh, one of your books, you'll know. He had, uh, well, he only had one day in the dock because he changed his story, but he was in court. I think he had more appearances as well. I reckon he had maybe, uh, I'm going to say 39. More, 37. It was more, 57. Oh, mm, bloody yeah. hell. There was a huge stint when we relied on him. Uh, and again, I may have said it several times on this, but him playing Thierry Henry or trying to play Thierry Henry <laughs> offside at Highbury when we lost 5-0 was my lowest point with Michael Jubry. There you go. Um, right, Vinnie Jones. Less, 32. Less, 33. It was less, but not by that much. It was 46. Ah. Nice. Right, Patrick Bamford. Mm. So we're going for from fifty-seven. I mean, it's an easy one. It's obvious. It's more. How many? Yeah, how many has he had so far? He's been injured, hasn't he? About two years. Eighty-six. I'll say 
76. He's made 115 appearances. Wow. And scored 44 goals. So there That's you go. Bad. What a lad. I'll, uh, I'll finish you with this one. Finish you with this one. Neil Sullivan, Sully. How many how many appearances did he make? More or less than 115. Less. It's got to be less. Yeah, less. 92. Um, that's a good shout. Uh, I'll say less. Mm, 99. Well, if you split the difference, you'd have yeah. a, a decimal point. But it was 95. Oh, so, yeah, you pretty. So I'll give it to James. Well done, Again, James. Just, I uh, can't win this again. That, I think you, I think you voted for the same thing every week. Keep, every decision. So keeping keep with tradition, I would like to share this award with you, Paul. Um, I appreciate it. I'm putting on the quiz. So there you go. Thanks. Well, I'll tell you what. There hasn't been much Leeds United news this week. It's been a pretty steady week. We have signed a third or second choice goalkeeper, depending on who you believe. Um. Mm. I know it's not really that vague. I just made it sound more exciting than it is. Uh, basically, I think Jesse said that he will be, um, he's here to make Christopher work harder to be number two. So I think if you read between the lines, that means that he is number three, but I don't can not, know. Can we not just get a coach for that? I'd have to pay someone loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's a great sound. Yeah, we let the coach go. Coach has gone to Sunderland, doesn't he? So there he is, Bacherini. Yeah, yeah. We've, got, we've got Robles now. He's uh, he's perfect. He's right age. Happy to sit on the bench. Seems a nice guy. He's got loads of experience. I'm really pleased. I mean, obviously, I hope he never plays ever, but I think it's perfect. Exactly what we wanted. <laughs> His experience of warming benches is vast. Can you imagine? Did he play the cup if you if... I could. Which one? Wigan. Wigan. Sorry, he probably was warming the bench, wasn't he? Rocco, if you were good in goal and someone said to you, we're going to pay you 30 grand a week, you can go roll around at Thorpe Arch, make this guy work a little bit harder. Oh, and you can come sit on the bench if you want as well. What Dream do you do job. Oh, I'd be all over it. I'd play anyway, me. That'd be awesome. Dream job, third choice keeper. You've got ambitions. <laughs> right. This comes around every week and no one's ever prepared. What's your final word? Yeah, I've been caught out. Um, uh, my final word is positivity because I've not had enough of it tonight um, and we should have more of it because it's going okay and we've got Chelsea on Sunday and we're going to kill him. come on! I mean, kill him is strong. Kill him's also his, his go-to, like, this is like his sign-off now, isn't it? We're going to kill him! <laughs> We 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 killed them in the minutes in which we dominated. We just didn't kill them overall. I'll tell you what we've not done. I forgot this. The Fantasy League. Oh, this okay. is what I'll just slip in. We are doing a Fantasy League. There will be prizes at the end of the season, but come off it. Whoever's got 150 points in two weeks. Oh, my days. I'm. It's going to take me two or three months to get to 150 points. <laughs> crazy, crazy. I'll have to check what team that was and what kind of wizardry picked it. Top four Champions League spots. Let's let's give them a bit of a, sh a shout out. Well, it's Nick VS with Sinistera Nova with 150 points and Leeds Artway from Lee Johnson with 148 points, which again is also ridiculous. Then we drop down to 104. We've got joint third place. 
with Marsh Potato FC from Gareth Binns on 143 points and Stupid Sexy Jesse by Jack B. <laughs> Excellent stuff. I love that. Um, it's, re- it's really nice that ex Bristol City manager Lee Johnson, our fantasy league team, in our fantasy league. And he knows what he's doing because he's got 148 points. Yeah, exactly. He's got upper hand, really, inside knowledge, inside little knowledge. Uh, just a shout out to uh, Lee Sessions in eighth place because his team name is Smack My Click Up. <laughs> <laughs> or Smack My Clitch Up. Or for, uh, anyway, a, there you go. So, James, what's your word? I bought you some time. Uh, fantasy. Join our fantasy league. Go to leadsthat.com, click on fantasy. Uh, you'll, there's a link there. Join it. Go on. It's fun. And as I say, later on in the season, we're going to be announcing some prizes, which we've already spoiled. Some of them are going to be Rocco's books because he's going to have loads of them around his house that he wants rid of. And, and it'll be on to 12th book by then, so you can have one of every single one of them. That's true. Actually, we'll give we'll give when you he, we'll give you a year's supply of Rocco's books. We'll deliver one a month. When he when he writes that book about Leeds United, the injury years, how Lucas tried to be injured, it putting his bins out. <laughs> there you go. Idea for next book, and uh, and fantasy as well. Because if we beat or if we get something from Chelsea, it'd probably be fantasy land, wouldn't it? So I think it'd be nice to get something from that game and. It's a massive fixture, like something we've got to be excited about. You know, these are the things like I, th- I think I seem to remember saying it last year when we played Arsenal and got absolutely pumped. But it's like you you want to be excited for these games. These are the things you've dreamed of for years of watching at Ellen Road. So, yeah, can't wait. I'm going to go for Park because Andy's asked me to go to Park and ride with him. <laughs> and uh, I hope we don't park the bus because they'll pummel us. And I hope we play him off the park. Come on, you mighty whites. Let's go. There you go. There's my optimism to finish the pod. Have a great week, peeps. Network.